welcome to Swan Podcast. I am so excited and elated that you keep choosing this podcast again and again. And thank you so much for the support. I don't take it for granted. Um, Before I introduce the topic of the day, I just want to speak on something that I've been thinking about, especially today where I woke up feeling so overwhelmed and overwhelmed with stuff or by stuff. Uh, things that I carry so much to heart that I forget that I have a savior who is willing to carry my burden. Um, and I call it stuff because it's it's just a heap of things and things and things. And I think sometimes we don't even realize when we are packing up all that stuff. But yeah, I'm here to remind you that Jesus is more than willing to carry your Lord. Um, yeah, so the topic of the day, we are going to talk about anxiety. Uh, anxiety is quite a special topic and because I've experienced it, uh, anxiety as an illness, I know the feeling. I know how it's it's just sickening. Anxiety attacks like other mental illnesses, but anxiety attacks your brain up to that to an extent that you can't function. And I've been to that extent of not functioning. My heart goes out to you if you are experiencing any any mental health illness this month is the mental health um, awareness month and I decided to make anxiety one of the those mental illnesses that we should start talking about uh, because I think there are so many types of anxiety that people are not aware of um, but with the help of my guest today uh, Nyawera, she's a psychologist. She'll help us understand what is anxiety, its symptoms, uh, some few types of anxieties, how to overcome that, how to heal, and and how to create an environment where we are not fostering anxiety. Uh, especially to the younger kids. So just listen in and let me know what you think about today's topic. And if you have um you have experienced anxiety, let's have an extra chat on my social media platforms at Swan Podcast on IG, Swan Podcast by Sharon Jogo on Facebook and at Shell Njogu on IG and Twitter Njogu Shello. Nyawera Wamurimi is a psychologist, uh, undergraduate in psychology and currently doing master's clinical psychology. 
I specialize in career planning and life skills training. But yeah, I also do I also do therapy, a mental health counselor. Yes. Okay. For how long have you been practicing? Say six years. Okay. Six, seven years. Yeah. So this month, October, it's the mental health awareness month. Most of the people are aware of the gender anxiety where if you are suffering from any other type of anxiety, people tend to just tell you, uh, stop thinking too much. Don't worry about the future. But, But sometimes that anxiety isn't the general. And I thought that it would be important for us to learn what anxiety is and the different types of anxieties and their causes. So to start off, let's understand what is anxiety. Okay, now uh, for starters, let's, let's unpack, as you say, we unpack anxiety disorders. Now, there's, there's anxiety and there's anxiety disorders. Um, it, it, anxiety is the, the, the general feeling of being out of control. You feel helpless. You can't tackle what, you, what is ahead of you. You are afraid of how things are going to turn out for maybe a specific event. Now, that in itself is not, is not bad. Yeah, it, it's very common. It, it, it happens. And sometimes it's good because if you're not, if you if you don't feel, would I say, anxious or nervous about, say, exams, it will not push you to study. Yeah. So sometimes that anxiety is good. There's even with, with stress, there's what we call you stress and distress, the good stress and the bad stress. So anxiety can push you to do to do something about the situation. Now it becomes a disorder when two things happen. It becomes a disorder when you cannot function. You cannot function. Sometimes you feel you're so anxious, you feel helpless, you you start crying, you feel out of control, and you, you just sit, you know, it, it paralyzes you. Now that 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 we say now is a disorder because now you cannot function. Because that's actually not just for anxiety, but almost all would I say disorders it becomes a disturbance where you cannot function. Now, when you cannot function, now we call it a disorder. Now, that is anxiety disorder. So I would say that um, anxiety disorder, the way it is described is it's a type of mental health condition where you respond to certain things and situations with fear and dread. You may experience physical signs of anxiety, such as a pounding heart or sweating. Yeah, and that is in in a nutshell. That is anxiety disorder, where you 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 respond with fear and dread, and then it's a disorder where you cannot function. Right. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that explanation. Um. Now let's uh get into the the different types of anxiety and the causes. There are. I'm going to mention uh four four types. Right. Four types of four types of disorders, four types of anxiety disorders. Uh, the first one being generalized anxiety disorder, then panic disorder, 
yeah, separation anxiety and social social phobia or social anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder. So the, uh, these, these what the one thing that that differentiates uh, the one from all the others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with with general anxiety disorder, the one thing that 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 makes it different from the others is that it is it does not have a specific you know like a specific reason there's no specific reason like i can't put my finger to it that this is this is a thing that's causing me disorder does that make sense it's it's not um, if it were if it were fear of heights that's causing the anxiety then that would be a phobia if it were fear of separation from maybe family, friends, like especially in children, then that would be social anxiety. I mean, that would be separation anxiety. If it's social anxiety phobia, it would be, it would be when you're afraid even to leave the house because you're afraid of the dangers that you might find outside there. Uh, and then what is the other one? The other one would be, uh, we have, I've, I've said, phobias i've said and and panic panic where you have you have panic attacks yeah panic disorder so generalized anxiety you can't say that it is based on those instances that i've mentioned generalized anxiety is in itself you just there's just that dread there's that fear constant fear yeah and then now i think we need to unpack what anxiety would look like so that we can we can we can say that in different situations this is how it looks like right. or now you add in the the panic or the phobia or the separation anxiety or the social anxiety now according to dsm4 that would be the diagnostic and statistical manual that is we call it the bible of psychology yeah that is where we describe um, we have the, the descriptive clinically describing disorders now um when when you when there's ex- excessive anxiety and worry for for you know for like a period of 6 months yeah so for 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 let's say for between between now and 6 months ago i say for instance me say i've been feeling i'd say that i've been feeling this i've been feeling dread and and that anxiety and apprehension so if it has been if you have been feeling that way for six months that would be the that would be our starting point i want to put a disclaimer on diagnosing or labeling people or individuals with mental health conditions Uh, as as psychologists we are careful to say that you have this or you have you have you're suffering from this it has to have occurred for a number of, you know, for a length of time so that we can avoid, we can avoid labeling you, you know, because we, because with, with, with mental health conditions, it's not like a headache that I'll say, are you having a headache? Anxiety disorder, the first description would be that you have had this symptom of feeling, a feeling of dread for six months. Okay. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is where we start from six months. About events, yeah, about active events or activities such as work or school performance. So it's a feeling that it's just ongoing for six months. You can't place a finger to it, or it's it's about about a certain thing, but it has been ongoing for the most part of at least six months. 
okay? And then the, the second thing is that you find it difficult to control that feeling that nothing nothing really works you you've tried you've tried your meditation you have tried you have tried what you have tried you have tried relaxing and breathing but of course without without the help of a therapist or or medication you're not you're not coping yeah if you if you cannot control the worry that is the second the second symptom or the second criteria for diagnosing and then there are there are specific symptoms. Number one, restlessness, or feeling feeling of on the edge. Eh? You you know you know how people say I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling I feel like I'm on the edge. That restlessness is is the first is the first symptom. And then being easily tired because your body is on overdrive, so you you're easily fatigued. You have difficulty control concentrating, or your mind just goes blank. If there's a task in front of you, you can't work on it. Uh, the other thing is being irritable. Yeah, irritability, small small things because you're on the edge, they get you. They get you angry. Then muscle tension. Yeah, that thing about being on the edge again. Sleep disturbances. You either have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, or if you sleep it's unsatisfying like if you don't you just don't you're not getting enough sleep yeah yeah so those are the symptoms and those of those six symptoms for, for us to say that you have anxiety disorder you should have at least three of those so it's not just isolated cases at least three of those so it's three or more now the other criteria is that as we say that there are different types of anxiety, uh, the, the focus of the anxiety is not, is not uh, like we say, it's not panic. Uh, you're dreading a certain event, so it's causing you to panic. Maybe we'll unpack it by, by fear of being, being outside, like social anxiety. It's not, it's not an, an OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. It's not that either. And it is not... Uh, it's not it's not a phobia it's not a phobia you know like fear of flying fear of spiders fear of snakes it's none of those and it's not it's also not caused by a traumatic event yeah so it's it's you know because if it were that then we'll categorize it as as post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety caused by that post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety due to panic disorder or anxiety due to, you know, phobia. The reason why it is important for us to have these categories and to describe in detail the symptoms and, and characterize everything, it's so that number one, you're not misdiagnosed because if you're misdiagnosed, it means that you're not being treated adequately. Okay, so it is very important that we get we get those, and it's also it's also important so that we, you know, it gets the seriousness that it demands. You know, the seriousness that the situation calls for. So if you're not if you're not being treated properly, then it means that your symptoms will go on for longer, or you will not be able to because also treatment is a journey of self awareness, especially in psychology and psychotherapy. It's a journey of self-awareness. So you, 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 want to be, you want to be diagnosed properly. You want to describe all these things properly and categorize them accordingly so that you can be diagnosed accordingly so that the 
the treatment that you get is on point. Okay, so that remember we say that the, the defining character for that that differentiates between a disorder and just anxiety, for instance, is the fact that you are not you cannot function normally. So we want you we want to get the patient to or the client to back to functioning normally. So it is important to do all these categories properly. Right. Uh, yeah. So those are those are those are the, the the symptoms or the symptoms under. I've already jumped to symptoms because I wanted to 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 differentiate uh, from the from the different types of 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 anxiety disorders. I I don't know if that answers the question adequately. Uh, and what are the causes of the of each type of anxiety? Okay. Now uh, I would say that there is no one specific course yeah for for disorders i'd say all the disorders it is usually a collection of things that happen we we are the sum we are the sum total of our experiences yeah so with psychology i would say that there is an ongoing debate of whether of, of we call it the nature versus the nurture debate uh is it that naturally we are we are inclined or at risk of having of having these disorders, or is it the environmental factors? That's the nature that causes these things. Now, uh, naturally, yes, there are people who where whereby anxiety tends to run in the family. You can you can you can you can you know there are instances where it says ah uh, the father was was a drunkard, so the and the grandfather was a drunkard. And the, the grandfather of the grandfather, like you hear them saying, it runs in the family, or in their family they have they have cases of suicide. You know of such instances. So that is that is the heredity part of it. That you may inherit, you may inherit that tendency of of being anxious. It can also stem from chemical imbalances. I'd say chemical imbalances, that would be the severe or long-lasting stress can cause change in chemical balance that controls your mood. You see in the brain, there are, there are chemicals that are released that uh, enhance our moods or, or make us sleep better or make us react in certain ways. Those, the dopamines, the exitocine, the serotonin, all those they 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 are they help us with with how we react to things or how we respond to events now when those chemicals are imbalanced one of the effects is anxiety uh, anxiety disorder let me let me put it that way and yeah so excessive if you are if you are in a certain situation for a long time uh, say you have a long uh, period. You see, like this one, you're saying six months. If you have, if you have experienced these these symptoms for six months, so there's a possibility that you've been having chemical imbalance for more than six months. So it is also possible that it is also causing that anxiety. Okay, but we can't exactly say that pinpoint and say that you're having anxiety because your chemicals are imbalanced. You get my point. Mm -hmm. 
the other the other part of it is the environmental factors which play a very big role now uh, the first thing I'd like to put in here is um, is an interesting interesting fact an expectant woman who has um, who has who has who is going through some difficult moments that you know anxiety provoking panic panic provoking moments during her pregnancy when those chemicals are imbalanced they get into the amniotic fluid and the baby ingests them that baby becomes becomes prone to anxiety disorders in their lifetime okay that's 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 um that's that's a big factor. Those those are things which which we say happen when the baby is in the womb that you have no control over, and then when they come out, they are already predisposed to having mental illnesses. Now, uh, then we have those things which you call adverse life effect, life events. Say during during the, the the child growing up, maybe the parents divorce, or there is physical violence in the home uh and different kinds of abuse and that child is exposed to them or they're exposed to 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 abuse at school some some form of, of abuse whether physical or emotional at school now growing up that child when they when when they get older those are the environmental factors that are going to make them vulnerable to anxiety disorders when they when they get later in life yeah, so those those I'd say are the are the causes. Number one, nature, that some people are predisposed, uh, naturally predisposed or hereditary, uh, predisposed to having mental illness or anxiety disorders. But also being 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 uh, hereditarily predisposed does not mean that it is a fact or a guarantee that you're going to get them. It just means that later in life, when you have environmental factors uh, that trigger, you know, that trigger anxiety, then you are more at risk of having, of having a anxiety disorder. Okay, um, that's a good explanation. You have helped us define the general anxiety, and I think it's normal i've read that actually it's normal that when i'm preparing for such an interview that i'll be a little anxious and or when you're going to speak when you're going to a new place you have you'll be anxious but it's normal and because you can regulate it you can there is a way you you'll start being by being anxious, uh, let's take for an instance, you're talking in a public setting, but as you mm. go on, it, your nerves will come down and you'll be normal. Mm. The mm. abnormal or the bad kind of um, stresses is that you can't calm yourself down. Um, mm. I've experienced where I can't calm myself down and most people, I think, I don't want to say, a lot of people don't know. Um, they think that it's actually pretense that you can't yeah. 
like people will tell you just to stop thinking stop mm. just stop thinking but i tell mm. a person i was immediately we went separate ways i just started sweating i wasn't mm. thinking about anything we just went separate and i started sweating i there was nothing in my mind and most people think that it's pretense or you're overthinking or whatever thing it is how can you help uh, or how can you talk to someone who has never experienced anxiety uh, for them to be a little bit compassionate to people who are around them who are sick <sighs> well shall it's 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 a big thing you know uh and it's not just anxiety disorders yeah yeah it's, it's mental illness as a whole yeah yeah and it starts with with education do you see this that you're doing with with with, with this podcast when you when the more people hear about this the more people will be able to say ah okay so i was being i was being I was not being nice to that person. It was it's it, it was not their doing. How can I about it? You know, they. I need to be more compassionate. So, the one thing I would say is that those of us who know about mental illnesses, we need to get the information out there more often. The first thing is awareness. The same way that we are flooding information about COVID nineteen is the same way we need to flood information about mental health so that more people are aware and not just um not just on the patient side but on what other people can do you know the more people know about the struggle that people are going through the more they'll be able to be to be compassionate um if we describe if we if we describe how you know the symptoms and what well, how they affect how they affect the individual you know like when somebody is depressed i'm i'm sure you've felt this before if if you're going through a period of depression it takes the power out of you like you feel you you feel you don't have the energy for anything you just want to sleep or you just want to you don't even feel like eating you don't feel like being around people and then for somebody who doesn't know what you're going through they would think that you're lazy you just like sleeping you, you know from from their perspective that's what it looks like so i would say that people people should learn people should be people should learn people should should read about mental illnesses so that they can learn to be empathetic to situations we should put uh we should learn to 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 reach out to people you know if you feel if you see that you now sarah looks like she doesn't feel like talking much today and it's not her usual self i want to find out what's how sarah how can i be there for you today you know let's oh i seem like i'm scared and my head is not there then i'm going through this phase of anxiety then you as my friend come to me and ask me how can i help you you don't seem to be yourself today and even if i say i'm okay don't just go away and say sarah does not like talking to people she has changed these days i don't understand her no you hang around one way or the other 
the more you hang around, the more I'll feel comfortable to open up to you and let you know that, you know what, my friend, I'm going through this and I didn't know how to explain it because I didn't know how you will, whether you will understand me. But if I tell you I'm okay and then you go away and then you start talking about, about how lazy I am and how asocial I am, then I'll just, I'll just die in my, in my illnesses and in my problems, you know? Yeah, so for the people who, who, who have not gone through, um, who have not gone through a disorder, I would say that let's, let's, let's learn to practice kindness. Yeah, let's learn to practice kindness. Let's learn to look out for our friends and be our brothers and sisters keepers because a, a mental disorder or anxiety disorder is not, it's, um, it's not a prescription for one person, you know? It has not been written that it's for me. Tomorrow something can happen to you and trigger your emotions and then tomorrow it will be you. Tomorrow, not necessarily you, it could be your mother, it could be your sister. So today when you're with me and I look like I'm struggling, come to my level and talk to me and be there for me. Then when you're kind and empathetic, then I just might open up to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, let's go back to the environment. Um, how can we create an environment where we are not helping, uh, where we are not fostering the anxiety for maybe young children. Um, uh, how can we create an environment by the way we live uh -huh. so that we don't raise uh, uh, people who are anxious? Uh you see, we, we live in a, how do we raise, how do we create environments that do not put people at, in, in a vulnerable state to anxiety? Now, uh, I would say that, you know, empathy, empathy is a big thing. Empathy is a big thing. So I would say even for children, do unto them the way you would like for, for you things to be done unto you you know that verse and yeah. to others that yeah. will do what you give them do to you so if a baby is 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 crying and you don't understand why they are crying you usually say check their diaper if they are wet or if they have soiled, if I soiled diaper and if they are hungry or if they are tired you know or overstimulated sasa if 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 all those three things are okay but your baby is still crying yeah our first response, because we are also feeling frustrated and we don't know what to do, is usually to shout at the child, Yamaza, why are you crying? Hey! And you think that raising your voice at the baby and, and, and shouting at them and threatening to, to beat them up if they stop crying is going to help the situation. But in, it increases their anxiety because now they know that I, it is not safe for me to let out my emotions. And you may find that, you know how they say that um, you, the baby is crying and you, you, you give her food, you give her milk, yet she just wants you to scratch her back, you know, and you, you don't, you, 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 uh, both of you, you and the baby are both frustrated because you don't know what to do. So you being the adult should calm down. 
there is no point in shouting. It will not solve anything. If you bring kiboko, it will not it will not solve the situation. The best thing you can do, take your child out of from if there's noise of cartoons or you are around people, take that baby away from there. And go to a quiet room or take them for for a walk. Hug the child, give them some water, because yourself. If you are in a frustrated situation, what would you want somebody to do for you? Is to take you away from that situation right there and be calm. If that person is also shouting, you your anxiety levels just go up. They don't come down. So you do the same thing for that child so that they can know that it is safe for me to, to what's that to let out my emotions or my feelings to this adult in front of me so that they can know that in whatever if you are calm it teaches the baby that uh the my caregiver or my mom or my dad is a calm person so i am safe to let out my frustrations and they will receive me in a calm manner so that will translate even later on in life because anxiety we keep it it transforms into a disorder because we we have these unknown fears or dread that we cannot even talk about so you 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 just you're bottling up your feelings and that is just making the situation worse so if you're raising up this child in a calm environment i'm not saying that uh i i don't want to get into the into the debate of whether uh caning a child is correct or incorrect i'm just saying that in a case where the baby is screaming at the top of their lungs and they are frustrated it is very important for the adults to be calm and firm yeah and then that tells the child that my mom or my dad is a calm person and i it is safe for me to share with them my fears and in that way we are changing we are changing one environment at a time i do that in my home you do that in your home then we will be able to have a society of calm people because currently we are not calm people we are hurt people we are we are a society who's who's just afraid because there there is so many things happening around us and those things we cannot control yeah we cannot control the fact that covid-19 is there we cannot control the fact that our election election procedures or processes in Kenya are just filled with so much you know there's too many emotions in our in our election process you see like it has already started we cannot control that but i can control my home hmm? maybe i cannot con- in my home maybe i may not be able to control the fact that what i i i i don't have a job right now or my husband has been is going through this or i cannot control the fact that maybe a child has been born with a certain disease maybe that i cannot control but i can control how i react and that is the real power and when i learn how to control my reactions and you learn how to control your reactions then we are a better society you know and that is the, the the main the main treatment even for people with anxiety disorders it's called cognitive behavioral therapy we learn we learn how to how to identify our what our our thought patterns 
we learn we learn to 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 name them to identify them and to speak them and to name them and then from there we learn how to control how we react to those yeah so in that way when you learn to control your environment you will learn to control how you react to situations yeah yeah uh that's a very good answer and i've come to learn that i'm not a parent but i've come to learn that uh, uh, uh children are human too uh yeah. so if i can't just insult uh my fellow adult yeah. then i shouldn't do the same to the child because they are also yeah. human and i think by that we can really change a lot when it comes to even children yeah. and we can change their environment a lot by choosing our reaction yeah. thank you so much for that um now let's go to a person who is sick uh talk to them how can they learn to not to live with it but how to calm themselves down and mostly how to heal from anxiety because I, I think you can perfectly heal. Okay. Well, the first thing is if you, if you, feel, that, if you feel that what we are talking about today describes what you have been going through. Number one, get in touch with a therapist. Uh, I know that the 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 internet and people have so many many what do you call them? There are many therapies or things that that you can do to take down your anxiety. But if this describes you, then I think the first thing you sh- you need to do is to sit on a one on one, to sit on a one on one with a with a with a therapist or counselor. You can reach out to me through Shelmit. And or there are other people. Kenyatta has uh, the youth center is is free for up to 24 year olds, and there is even a mental a mental health sector in Madare. Also, there is there is also another one in in I'll, I'll get the correct name. I can't remember it right now. In Udiru, where they offer free mental health. Um, what services yeah to everybody in Udiro so and there are many of such places yeah don't be afraid going to a mental health uh, professional is the same thing like going to a doctor it should be normalized and yeah it, it is just the same the same way you go and consult I have had this headache for two weeks you can go to a therapist and say I have been feeling this way for six months okay that is the very first thing now the second thing i would say now there are some techniques that you can do maybe yeah we understand that maybe finances are not very good but i've told you of of resources that offer of places that offer free mental health services uh there are things that you can do to calm calm yourself down or to help yourself to to get through symptoms of anxiety. Now, the first thing is assess the situation, yeah? Usually with anxiety disorder, the the fear or the dread is usually exaggerated 
is is that the right word yes it's exaggerated it is more than the situation you're sitting here thinking that uh i'm i'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling let's say for the instance of social anxiety uh, disorder or phobia you're thinking i cannot go outside how will people view me uh but if you look at if you look at the realities that outside there when you walk out of the street out of 10 people maybe only two people in, will notice that you're walking so you realize that your 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 anxiety is 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 exaggerated you're thinking i need to go and buy pads from the shop oh my goodness those people i'm, I'm using that example because i've i've heard it i've had it so much i need to go and buy Parts from the shop. Oh my goodness, how are they going to look at me? They're going to know that I've started my periods. Oh my goodness. And then tomorrow, how will I face that person again? Uh, you're not the only one who uses those things. And the fact that they're selling them means that people use them. So why is your case so, so unique? You get. So assessing the situation, you get, you get what I mean. Assessing the situation, assess, assess the reality. Of this of, of of the situation yeah and you can do that perfectly by having a journal i usually encourage people to have a diary or a journal with a diary or a journal you can you can track your thoughts your thoughts did you know that about 75 to 80 percent of the thoughts that you have today are the same ones that you will have tomorrow so if 70 if if those thoughts are negative thoughts of fear and 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 how the world is just coming to an end because you went to buy pads from a shop that has a man oh my goodness those are the same thoughts you will have tomorrow and tomorrow it will translate or escalate to something worse and you realize that it is just a chain and a vicious cycle because you are not you are not taking, you are not taking, you're not keeping track of your thoughts. Yeah. So you want to keep track of your, your, your thoughts through a diary or a journal. If you know that you're that kind of person whose, whose mind is just usually on overdrive, keep your mind, keep, keep a journal or a, I usually keep a notebook handy so that an idea comes, you write it, a thought comes, you write it. And then maybe sometimes you just, you, maybe for 30 minutes, you just write, this is what I'm going through right now. This is how I'm feeling. Like check in with yourself every morning in the, in the evening, in the, like check in with yourself using a diary. When you read your diary or your journal, then you come and realize that I have been thinking this thing for this whole week. Maybe it's time to address this fear. And that is where maybe a therapist comes in. Maybe you realize that I, 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 or you need to face that situation now. Maybe you need courage to face that situation, okay? So number two, number one is going to get in touch with a therapist or a mental health counselor. There are resources out there. Number two, have a journal or a diary so that you can keep track of your thoughts. Number three, are you are you taking you know take care of yourself self care uh, self care is there there are different things that you can do 
yeah to take care of yourself because we always take care of every other person and we forget to take care of number one when we, we, we forget to take care of number one we we get exhausted and when we are we don't we are low on energy situations come up and we just panic you know so self-care is about knowing yourself is about listening to your body and to know when you have had enough it it, it entails it entails things like spiritual care self-care where you're in touch with the um, i don't want to talk about religion because that's a big thing but there's the spiritual religious self-care where you there's a power that you ascribe to because when there's a power that you ascribe to you are in more you, you will feel more in control there is a physical self-care like just take care of yourself you know uh, eat well drink enough water sleep Phew, sleep is very important try to sleep because when you when you the, the importance of self-care is that when you are when you when you when you are okay when situations come up you'll be able to handle them but if you're constantly, constantly running on overdrive, when situations come up, you will not be able to handle them. I always say you cannot pour from an empty cup. So self-care is basically just refilling your cup so that when things happen, you're able to tackle them. Ah, meditation. Meditation is good. Sit, it's part of self-care. Sit at some point, if you're feeling overwhelmed, do a breathing exercise, you know, sit down, breathe in, breathe out, deeply, you do that for about five minutes, and try yes. to free your mind everything at that point, I know it, for somebody who has an anxiety disorder, it's a big, it's a big ask, but at that point, say that I am consciously not going to think about anything except this breathing that I'm doing, for five minutes, just uh, you know how they say in anger management counts count to 10 backwards just take a moment and and breathe when you breathe you will feel calmer and it does it does not solve anything at that point but it will help you you know you're breathing too fast you're feeling like you're on overdrive it will help you to calm down and when you calm down then you'll be able to think clearly so uh all all strategies all strategies for therapy we are not saying that they remove the situation but they help you to have resources to help you tackle the situation when you go to a doctor and you have you tell doctor i have a headache and the doctor says here is paracetamol i want you to take it three times a day it will take away the headache but it will not have solved the cause of the headache yeah. So when we when we when we when you go to a therapist, you are you are now unpacking the causes of that headache. Yeah. You are unpacking the causes of your anxiety, the, the, the root cause of your anxiety. So these therapy these techniques that I'm telling you about, the breathing, the writing in your journal, the eating well and sleeping well and drinking water, those are just helping you to tackle the situation. But to get to the real, to the root cause of the, of the problem, you need to go and talk to a therapist, yeah? Talk to a therapist, let them help you to unpack yourself in a safe environment. Talking to a therapist is very different from talking to your friend. 
your friend might just agree with you with everything that you say your friend yeah yeah my friend you do this and i advise you don't talk to that person again but you see maybe you need to talk to that person who is causing you that anxiety so that you can address your fears now a therapist will help you to safely do that without getting into panic mode yeah so you that's what i'm saying it 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 helps you it helps you to have the resources and the reserve to tackle the situations that are ahead of you. We are in this, we are in this life, we are still alive, things are still going to happen. And the most you can do is to learn how to work with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, you said, I, I think I've had you talk about um, being aware of your thoughts. And I think it's a big thing, like in this century, we'd rather mask whatever we are going through than to to face whatever oh. is happening. And oh. I think if I become willing to listen to how I think uh, about myself and about my environment, then... I'll begin my journey of healing 